Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator podcast. It's Hunter Lowry here. Hope you're having a great week. Hope you had a great Cinco de Mayo. Ours was awesome up here in Auburn. Got to celebrate my nice Mexican heritage by doing some roping. Uh, We made tacos. It was just super, super fun. And yeah, believe it or not, I am half Mexican. Most people do not believe it. If you've been to my website and seen pictures of me, you probably don't believe it either. But I swear it is actually true. (laughs) But lots of exciting stuff going on here in Auburn right now. I don't think I've mentioned it at all yet, but I actually just became a Smart Vester Pro. So if you're not aware of what that is, it's a Dave Ramsey certification now. And I'm sure you know probably heard of Dave Ramsey. If not, go check him out. He's got a lot of great teachings. But I am now a certified Dave Ramsey advisor. So super exciting stuff. And on the other side, the more fun side, got to go play Torrey Pines this past weekend. It was absolutely unbelievable. It's a golf course in San Diego. They're actually having the U.S. Open there in, what, I think it's three or four weeks now. But, oh, man, it felt like, you know, once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity to get to go play that track. A buddy of mine that I played on the college golf team with had hit me up, and he's like, hey, Hunter, man, we got a tee time set up. You got to come down and play with us. So I flew down to San Diego just for a couple days, short weekend trip, but it was so much fun. I mean, that course is absolutely drop dead gorgeous there's a lot of holes that you you miss the fairway you know your ball is literally going to go off a hundred foot cliff into the ocean greens fantastic fairways so pure i mean it was basically a golfer's paradise plus i hit the ball really well so that kind of (laughs) helps but back to the investment stuff guys i want to take you back potentially maybe for some of you way way back (laughs) but talking about your science classes back in high school if you can remember back that far in particular chemistry class and oh man i had the best science teachers i don't know why i mean my entire schooling career science teachers were always the bomb my chemistry teacher never forget mrs baffert and i don't know maybe that last name might ring a bell but I forget if it was, it's not her husband, but maybe her brother-in-law or something like that. Bob Baffert, one of, you know, the best horse trainers around the world. His horses have won the Kentucky Derby. I think, I'm pretty sure one of them might have won the Triple Crown, whatever that, what's that big trophy that you win for winning the three major horse races? I mean, you'd think being in the horse world, I'll know that, but I forget. But anyways, Bob Baffert, huge horse trainer and, and has had a ton of success. So I remember every year when the Kentucky Derby was going on and I think that the Kentucky Derby literally just happened. What was it? It was earlier this week, I believe. So this was in my mind, but in chemistry class, we would all place bets on the horses and Mrs. Baffert would 
create this huge board and we'd all be able to put like a dollar on a horse or something. So that <laughs> made it super exciting. But I just remember that class being the best, you know, getting to do all those experiments. I felt like such a scientist mixing stuff together and end up just making some dumb purple glob of something. But <laughs> it was super fun. But I really, really remember from that class just how much the periodic table was drilled into our heads. I felt like I almost had it memorized by the end of the year. And I don't know, maybe that wasn't such a trigger thing for you guys listening. But I just seriously remember that being pounded into my head over and over and over. But now when I look at it, I'm absolutely lost. I don't really remember a whole lot of it. <laughs> but the periodic table that I want to talk to you guys about today is not the periodic table of elements. It's way more fun than that. <laughs> it's called the Callan Periodic Table of Investment Returns. It does not have 118 chemical elements and atomic numbers and all that good stuff, but instead it has 20 calendar years worth of investment returns for 10 different asset classes. And it basically ranks the best to worst performers each year and it color codes it. So each asset class has a different color. They're little square boxes, you know, just like the periodic table. And it basically just shows every single year, how did each asset class perform? And there's a couple really, really good lessons just from looking at this periodic table that I want to discuss today. So lesson number one that you can get from this table. And if you've never seen it, I did, you know, say to just go Google it really quick. You can see a picture of it. It's really, really simple and easy to understand, but just go look at it. So you have an idea of what I'm talking about. But the first lesson is if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the kitchen. Side note, I'm not sure why I'm so into watching Hell's Kitchen right now lately and just Gordon Ramsay stuff. My girlfriend showed it to me a little bit ago and I got so hooked on it and not even a big cook or anything like that. I, I can grill decent, but I think that Gordon Ramsay's absolutely hilarious and it just cracks me up all the time. So I've been watching it a pretty good amount at night. But anyways, basically the first lesson this table shows us is that if you're going to take on risk, be prepared for volatility in down years. And I know you can't see the chart right in front of you again, but I just want to talk about emerging markets as an asset class. So the table that I'm looking at is during the periods of 1998 through 2017. And I know it's not perfectly up to date, but it really doesn't change the story here. That doesn't really matter. But during that time frame, emerging markets, they were the highest performing asset class nine times out of 20 years, almost half the time. So, I mean, that's fantastic, right? They've performed really, really well. But also, they landed at the very bottom, being the worst asset class six times. So out of a 20-year period, 15 of the times, they were either the highest performer or the lowest performer. Not very much in between. Extremely volatile. During 2008, Emerging markets lost more than 50% of its value. I mean, got absolutely smoked. And trust me, I'm all about taking on risk in the right manner, as long as you have the time frame and wherewithal to do it. But by doing this, you have to be aware of the consequences and not let that force you to make a quick gut reaction and make incorrect moves based just off of emotion. Because when you're looking at this table, you know, there's during that 2008 year, emerging markets, they lost 53.33% and you could have freaked out, sold at the bottom, been totally paranoid. Well, you know, if you just held the course and stayed in it during 2009, emerging markets absolutely rebounded like crazy and they ended up gaining 78%. So you would have made all your money back and more just for being patient. 
Okay, so the second major lesson that we can learn from this table is it's what I like to think of as the teeter-totter effect. You know, when does the teeter-totter work best? The teeter-totter obviously works best when there are two people of similar weight on each side. You have the best counterbalance. Well, in your portfolio, you need a counterbalance as well, and it comes in the form of less risky assets into your overall portfolio. So less risky assets, where does everyone's head immediately go? Straight to bonds, right? And remember, bonds are not risk-free. They can just be less risky. Looking at this table, you'd see that investment-grade bonds, they performed the worst of any asset class nine times over the 20-year period. So, you know, you start to think to yourself, why in the heck would I want to include an asset class into my portfolio that performed the worst out of any asset class almost half the amount of times over this 20-year period? Well, the reason is to perform that counterbalance, to act as a person on the other side of the teeter-totter, keeping things working smoothly. When the stock market is doing poorly, you need some safer bonds to lower the amount of volatility that you're going to experience. In 2008, when the market tanked, the S&P fell 37%, a 37% loss. Imagine having all of your funds just in the S&P, every single penny. I mean, that's a tough year. That's a, that's a large loss. Well, in 2008, bonds returned a little over 5%. They were 5% positive. That's right there is why you use bonds as the counterbalance. The most aggressive investors, they still need bond exposure. And on the other side, the most conservative investors, they still need that equity exposure. The teeter-totter will not work at all if nobody's on the other side. You would just be setting yourself up to not be successful from the start. Okay, the third lesson from my exciting periodic table of returns here. <laughs> it's the importance of being well diversified. And I know we constantly talk about this, but I just don't think that it can be stressed too much. Trying to time the market with perfectly selecting only a few asset classes and making large concentrated bets, it can really put a world of hurt on your financial goals, which is exactly why we utilize the core and satellite portfolio that I talk about here quite often on the show. Because it's not bad at all to make speculative bets and to try to take advantage of market conditions. That's not what I'm saying. With a percentage of your funds, not with the bulk of them. And if you do that while also having a long-term position in a diversified model, then a couple wrong calls, it's not going to wreck your portfolio. You will be all right. And guys, I just wanted to talk about this table. And again, just make sure, go Google it for two seconds and you'll be able to understand completely what I'm talking about. Everything has still been volatile. You know, we're seeing tech up and down every day, reopening plays up and down every day. It's all over the place. And I just don't want you to feel like you're being ruled by emotion and your gut's in a twist every day when you open your Yahoo Finance app and, and look at some of your positions that might be down for the day. Because if you look at this table, even the most risky and volatile asset classes, they recover from their dips. But I also don't want you to think that certain asset classes or sectors are just bulletproof either. And just because they've done well for you over the last year or two, that you're just set up to stay there for life. Because this table is going to show you how quickly things can change. So if you'd like help going over your portfolio, making sure that you're set up correctly to reach all of your different financial goals that you might have, make sure to go over to my website at hunterlowry.com. You can jump right on my personal calendar right there. I would love to help you out. Always appreciate the support. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.